I, I'm big into the team. Like once you're in the team and you're you're like you're all in, your opinion matters, your your decisions matter, your input matters. And if I'm not able to support you and put you in the right place and give you the right tools, I'm just setting you up for failure. So I mean, it's learning each each environment, learning what works there, won't work here. You know, because as a team lead, you have to say, okay, great. How can I help those agents? How can I help these agents? What can I provide value? Why be on a team if I'm not providing value? Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Entrepreneurial Impact. Today, I am not with my associate, Joe Martin, today, but however, I am very excited to be with our esteemed colleague, Kathleen McCone. Kathleen has, is joining us from down in the Yorktown area today and has been in the business for quite some time and has an amazing journey to share with us about what has impacted her and her world and what has allowed her to be and where she's going. And with that all said, Kathleen, welcome to Entrepreneur Impact, and I'm very happy to be here with you today. Oh, thank you for inviting me. So once you start, just give us the background. Who's Kathleen? What makes you tick? Where have you come from? And where did the drive for you to be successful in business, where did that originally stem from? So I'm originally from Vermont. Um, I'm a Yankee through and through. So grew up in a small, I guess a small farm. There's probably 1800 acres. We did um, cattle and horses and stuff like that. Grew up throwing hay bales around, driving three on the tree, roll, <laughs> you know, three wheelers, dirt bikes, all this stuff. So I'm a farm girl from heart. Um, unfortunately, childhood was not the best. So in and out of foster homes since age of two and age 13, I got emancipated and kind of went out on my own, had a full-time job, going to high school, you know, just trying to survive, I guess, is um, where I grew up. Um, also had to help my brother. He also moved out. He went to a private school, so funded him through school just to get him. He had dyslexia really bad and a learning disability, so he had to go to a private school for that just to finish, and he did his senior year in high school and got his degree from there, so he wasn't labeled. You know, in the 80s, we were all labeled, so yeah. <laughs> you know how that is. That's that's traumatic, right? And yeah. And but it it started your story started earlier than others. Right? Yeah. Your why mm -hmm. and your how kicked in and you said, okay, I've got to do this now. Right. Yes. You yep. came up through surroundings, you identified some things in yourself that you needed to change. Mm -hmm. And you did. And 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 congratulations, because that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, it's in that environment, there's two choices. You can sink or swim. Um, I opted to swim. So that is probably my number one driving force is, is my childhood because we're always, you know, you can read a lot about it. A lot of us are always trying to be better. And the only competition is with ourselves. Yeah. You know, it's really not with anybody else. You know, it's, you know, always trying to say, okay, what can I do better? 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 Which is a great, great thing. It's a blessing and a curse at the same time. You're right. You know, mm -hmm. we all make choices. Yep. We don't always make the right choices, but we make the choice to survive. We move, make the choice to move on and we make the choice to do better. And for you, when you identified, okay, I'm making a choice and this is unknowing, but mm -hmm. you make a choice to live your best life, whatever that looks like. And we talk about business and we talk about growth and we talk about why, who you know, first, who was you? Then your second, who was your brother? Right. right. That why right. was to get him out and get him 
where he needed to be. And then you started to work on yourself. So how did that transition start to happen? How did that next version of you come about? What did that look like? So honestly, it took me a little bit. Um, you know, growing up and you're just angry, though you're not angry, but you don't know any other emotion. So, you know, it's helping my brother getting all that stuff. And there was finally when you kind of hit a wall and you're like, okay, wait, how do I fix me? And then you start reading all these books, go to uh, counseling is the best thing on earth you know, start going that way and then say, okay, where's my drive? Like, what is my drive really trying to do? I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I just didn't know it. You know, my grandfather was the same way coming up with like crazy ideas and, you know, every third idea works. So I kind of said, okay, how do I feed that fuel for myself and help myself? And that's when, you know, I went into construction after I got out of the army and then, you know, 2008, the market kind of crashed and I opened a wine distribution company. How you go from building houses to selling wine, who knows? But, you know, that's, that's what happened. I'm like, oh, I can do this. And then I opened another business and another business. And then I went into real estate. That in itself is a business. And then just kept growing and growing and growing. So like we say, a serial entrepreneur. Serial, yes. Yep. Uh, the wine business did very, very well. Um, it's pretty dynamic. Unfortunately, I drink all the time. Okay. So, yeah, you kind of weigh that out. And I sold that business and retired, went fishing in Alaska. And, you know, kind of find myself again. and. Here I am in real estate. The more people I talk to, either through the podcast or through work or through those that are in real estate, and especially a lot of those that have been driven to successful, they're that hospitality side, right? Mm -hmm. The consumer, the the meeting, the social, the meeting of new people is at a core of a lot of that. Now, the structure that you learned to come up and had to take care of you. Then you got a background of being in the military. So thank you for that, Mm -hmm. right? I, I recognize a lot of that, that some of my structure came from, you know, it's amazing how quickly they could turn around in basic training. Right. Right. And you got into hospitality. Wine distribution is hospitality. It is social. So I, I, I've been there. Mm-hmm. I did hospitality for 20 years. So I understand where you're coming from with them. So there was something that was continuously to evolve inside of you. Although you didn't know quite know yet what it was, right? but you know, you wouldn't more. Right. Yep. Where did real estate come from? What you fishing in Alaska and all of a sudden, Oh yeah, I'm going to go back to Virginia. Right. Yep. After, I, after I land this salmon, I'm going to go back to Virginia. And I'm halibut. Gonna... It was this huge, huge halibut. Like halibut, huge. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, so I was in construction and I came back out. I put myself out of retirement and um, a friend of mine who we were superintendents together. He's like, Hey, I need your help. Can you come back? I'm like, no, dude, I retired. I'm good. He's like, okay, can, can you come help me? So I said, sure, I'll come help. So I went up to a 55 and older community. Um, and we had to do, I was doing warranty work and the builder that started them half, you know, what did everything. So I was coming in and I fell in love with every homeowner, fell in love with this one gentleman. Like I, he was just great. His wife was great. And I said, I will stay here until your project is fixed. After that, I'm out a year to the date, everything got fixed. And I quit. And I said, you know what? I'm done building houses. I'm going to go sell them. You know, I've had 18 years as a superintendent. I started out as a framer, you know, so I know what a, a silk plate, band board, fascia, you know, all the things that most real estate agents don't know. And I try to teach them all. Um, so I'm able to come in and say, oh, you know, that's not that big of a deal. It's just a vanity. It's a $200 fix. Or go in like, hey, this whole floor is bouncing. I'm guessing, you know, once we get to the home inspection. So I was able to bring that whole construction side into real estate. And I chopped all my hair off, went to real estate school on my birthday and got my license at the end of 2015 and just hit the ground running. So in seven years now. Yep. 
you started, you recognize, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to build my own, another business, right? Yep. And it's going to mm-hmm. be real estate focused. Tell us about that. What does that look like for you? So what structure does the McCone organization look like now? So today, um, I wish I had a picture. I should have sent it to you. So I think there's 15 of us total on my team. Um, I have operations. I have a COO. I have a CFO. I have an assistant. We've got a full-time TC, part-time TC. We've got a transaction TC um, during the busy season. I have a full team up in Charlottesville, Virginia. I have a full team here in Hampton Roads and a team in Southern California. So, so and we're opening this office. Which is in Yorktown. Correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. So four locations, 15 people, yep. which yep. is obviously soon to be much, much more than 15. Correct. People. Right. Right. So there's a difference between running a real estate business or wine distribution company. Mm-hmm. And now taking ownership, right? Opening up your own location, even from expansion, which has its own set of challenges, right? Being a multi- Correct. But yep. now you're getting involved in as an owner, owner operator into mm-hmm. a new franchised organization. All along the way, you've had success, but, and as talented as you are, there were always people that helped you. How did you identify those expansions? How did you identify California? How did you identify that, okay, ownership and opening up a new market center was that next step for you? So it's actually like a, almost like a three-part type thing. Okay. So the, the hub team, um, I did it all wrong. Everything wrong. I teach a class on all the things I did wrong. Um, you know, your first hire, you know, with the MREA book, you know, hire an assistant, a TC. Yeah, no, I hired marketing. So, you know, talent presented itself and I'm like, yes. And then, you know, came on board. Of course, marketing brings in more business. And I'm like, oh, I need help. So then I hired someone else who did TC, who is now my CFO. You know, I'm big in promoting people within. Say, hey, what would you like to do? You know, maybe you want to be an agent, but you're much better at this. You know, we want to leave all the doors open. I tell people, don't keep coming with your blinders. You know, just keep everything open. You may strive better over here, you know, or maybe you're six months here and six months there or whatever you want to do. As long as you communicate, I'll make it happen. So we started there and kind of grew and grew. And it's probably this past year that we have quadrupled in size. So we were running two agents, a showing assistant, a TC, and a marketing, and we were still pulling what thirty-three million a year. And then I got more help. So now that we've you know doubled the business, you know now I've got, I've got I've got to learn to let go and say it's okay that Amanda runs it. <laughs> you know the control in me is like I can do it. Well, you know I can't. I mean I just can't. I'm, and I've got to face that. So that's an inner struggle, which I'm assuming a lot of IDs and DIs have that problem. Identifying talent and yep. letting the leverage happen. Right? Mm-hmm. That's a fine line, right? Oversight of personnel, implementation of leverage to stepping back, okay, you're now doing it. Now, inside of you, you're like, okay, I can breathe because I have the help that I need, but you can't breathe because you had no. to relinquish control. Correct. So it's a, like a weird balance. So um, the teams here, we are learning, you know, because California is probably the biggest example. They're three hours behind us. So, you know, my agents out there can't make our 10 a.m. meeting usually here. So we have to adjust that. And their contracts, what, they have 112 pages of disclosures, like how many times a dog went to the house. Here in Virginia, we don't have that. So even that learning curve, because we thought maybe our TC here could help. No. So, you know, we have to get a California TC. It's okay to to say that we know everybody in California is just special. They are just special. (laughs) You know, so even that's a learning curve. Or if we go to Charlottesville, 
though it's only three hours away, I was there yesterday showing a house. The dynamic there is so different. They don't really do open houses because the nearest house is three miles away. Whereas here you can walk next door. So, I mean, even there, um, agents up there aren't as quick to answer the phone because the cell phone service isn't that great. So, I mean, it's learning each, each environment, learning what works there, won't work here, you know, because as a team lead, you have to say, okay, great. How can I help those agents? How can I help these agents? What can I provide value? Why be on a team if I'm not providing value? Yeah. And so you're learning that as much as your control is there, you yep. almost, that becomes a detriment, right? Because Correct. You don't know those areas. You're out, you're expanding outside of your, mm-hmm. your knowledge. You can learn, of course, but in order mm-hmm. to grow rapidly, right? Yes. You have to identify the right who that yep. take your business to the next level, because as much as you want it, you have to have help. How are you finding those who's? What led you into those different areas? I mean, that that's a spread. Oh, it is. So um, Charlottesville, well, here Hampton Roads is natural, obviously. We live here. Um, Charlottesville, I went up there a lot. Um, I ended up getting my broker's license and hanging in the Charlottesville office. So okay. Quentin, you know, was a huge help. It is still a huge help to this day. But saying, hey, you know, like, you know, want to grow the team. And he happened to have an agent. He's like, just come up and meet him fell in love, hired him on the spot. You know, I'm like, Oh, I love him. You know, and I met his now husband, fell in love with him. And I'm like, perfect. By on the spot, of course, you mean you took the very long, arduous process of career visioning and and Uh, yes. Okay. That's I'm here. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he came on board and, you know, we have, he's a former police officer. So similar mind, you know, structure and all that stuff. And then, you know, did training and all that stuff with the police department. So I was like, Oh, this is, you know, a natural fit for us. And, you know, able to help with training and everything and then, you know, learn the systems. So we have to teach him how to be an agent, then throw some agents under him, have them learn and all that. We do the disc profile. We do um, an enneagram. We also do KPA, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have learned the hard way that personality is, is, you know, each job is different. So my marketing is, you know, the S's and the C's. When I come in, like, ah, they're like, <laughs> you know, and they run and hide. And it wasn't until I did the personality test. I'm like, oh, okay. This is how I talk to them, you know, and you have to learn. And I don't want to say dummy down. It's not dummy down. It's just no. making sure that they understand the level, you know, or whatever level it is. Adaption. And vice, and vice versa. You know, I don't understand how long it takes to do a Canva thing. I think it takes three minutes. And if they don't tell me it takes 30, I will never know. So it's big on the communication. How do you communicate and those kind of things? And standards. There's a system for everything. There's a system for everything. And everything. We, have to, and we have to allow that, right? And yep. the systems we have to we have to allow for mistakes. We have to allow for growth. And I I know that you're saying, hey, I've been fortunate that I've identified people we've met and we've clicked, but I can't imagine that that's always been the case either. No, nope. Right? So what are some of those harder lessons that have come that you thought you had the right who or person or connection? Mm-hmm. But what is that? Um, though I am a high D, I am the, the softest person on the team. So one of my flaws is I keep people too long. So that's why my COO is a high D. She's like, we're done. <laughs> um, I'll give an example. I hired a, a young lady who was licensed to be my assistant because she was better in the office. Did the KPA, everything, flying colors, everything's great, knows how to do it until I got her in the office and she turned on the computer. And when I say she turned on the computer, she didn't know how to turn on the computer. Yeah. Didn't know how to do email, had no idea. Basically lied on everything she had. 
So, you know, you don't know it until you're in it. And, you know, this, what do they say? Slow to hire, quick to fire. Yeah. So that is, you know, and it's hard, especially in a small community. You know, if you keep getting rid of people, you know, like, oh, you know, she doesn't keep people. Well, you know, we shouldn't. You know, we try to run our team as a family. And everybody has to get along 90% of the time. 10%, you know, everybody has bad days. So, you know, if they don't, and I do, I, I'm big into the team. Like once you're in the team and you're, you're like, you're all in, your opinion matters, your, your decisions matter, your input matters. So if you see something like Kathleen, this isn't working, I, I have to hear that because you're devoted, you're on the team, you're given 110%. And if I'm not able to support you and put you in the right place and give you the right tools, I'm just setting you up for failure. So I try to have everybody express like, what do you need? What am I not providing? That's important. Like not only they can be heard, you need to be heard, but uh, that's mm -hmm. got to be healthy. And yes, you can't be all popcorns and unicorn nope. all the time. Nope. Of, you know, maybe just on Fridays. Right. But, Happy hour, you know, tequila, whatever. Sure. You know, it sounds. You Water, know. coffee, whatever. <laughs> so as you continue to grow, you mm -hmm. got four locations, a new market center, whether it's inside real estate or what's next? What is your plan? What is the impact that you're leaving behind for the people that are in your business? Mm -hmm. What else do you look to do? Like this success allows you to do other things. What's fueling that? What do you see happening because of what you've been able to accomplish? So one of the things about me is, you know, I'm, I'm always looking, like I'm always trying to grow. So I don't know that there would ever be an end game because it changes. If you had asked me three years ago, Kathleen, are you going to open a Keller Williams brokerage? I'm like, no. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I'm like what I advise. I'm like, you don't, you don't put the blinders on, like look over here. Like, Oh, what's that? Oh, you want me to buy a trucking company? Oh, Hey, you want me to, you know, buy a sign install company? Like you keep your, you know, passive income open. Um, on a personal level, I really want to open a bed and breakfast. That is probably my end goal. I'd like to just, you know, meet a ton of people and, you know, the hospitality, I guess. Yeah. So I'm on the hunt for that personally. Um, professionally, my goal is that everybody in this office, and everybody on my team gets to where they want to be. Maybe they want to buy a second home. Maybe they want to buy their first home. Maybe they want to be a, an MREA, you know, agent, million dollar real estate agent, whatever it is, I want to help them get there. I don't need to work. I love to work. You know, I could, we live in a, you know, an affordable house. My husband's got a good job. I work because I want to work. And if I can help, you know, get, I'm looking out right now in the office, young woman named Wendy who just joined our office. What does she want to do? How can I help her get there? Everything that's in my head, I can't take to the grave and there's no flash drive anywhere. So if I can share it with everybody, I'll share it. it may not be right, but you know, I think whatever. it's okay to say a need to work, but a need doesn't have to necessarily mean financial need. Correct. Correct. Right. Yep. You have a need to work to grow and develop. You have a need yep. to work because you now have 15 to 30 employees working with you. Yes. Not even employees, yep. team members, right? You yep. have aspirations and goals, and your goals are not compounded by the fact that they have goals. Correct. So that need is different. Correct. Yep. And I just, I mean, I like, and it's, you know, if you've ever done an Enneagram, I'm an eight, I'm a fixer. I'm also, you know, IDDI, which, you know, people, same thing. And I'm a Gemini. So we're all over the place and we're always trying to help. We like new people. You can throw me in a crowd. I'm fine. You know, those are the kind of things that make me happy. I like meeting people. And that's, I've been very fortunate meeting talent because I'm out there and I'm meeting talent. 
You know, there's people that say, hey, I want to be on your team. You're not the best fit. You know, I don't, I don't want to set anybody up for failure. You know, our team is very close, very family, but, you know, they party just as hard as they work. So, you know. I think that in itself is, is an incredible skill set, right? You've learned yeah. what you're looking for. Yeah. We all make the mistakes. If we can interview somebody, somebody can have a good interview process. Whether their resume is fictitious or not, they can yes. come across as, oh, this person's great. But recognizing that their talent, that can be an empire builder in your, your world. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Sometimes that that's that's not easy. A lot of times it's not easy. A lot. Say. A lot. Of yep. And our, and our business is so dynamic. You know, I tell people every day, like, um, I do have five police officers on my team. I have two veterans on my team. So one of the things that I've learned that police officers and military were structured. Real estate's not structured. It well, is, but it is. Stop there, right? That's not accidental. Let's go back to the beginning of your journey, right? Mm-hmm. What did you say? You grew up in an environment where you had to get structured right away. You went away and you went to the military. And mm-hmm. now that you've got five former police officers and former military on your team, that's not a happy accident. And that's not a coincidence. Correct. Yep. But you can help them say, okay, great. Remember when we were in formation doing, you know, runs with pepper spray and stuff running down our face, you know, just pretend that we're walking now we're walking with pepper spray. We don't have to run. Nobody's screaming at us. It's okay. Like if you're at six thirty two versus six thirty, you're not doing 30 pushups, you know, or you fill out a form, you know, a police report is different than a contract because every contract's different. Whereas every police form. So it's really just trying to teach them, say, it's okay to be great because we're not used to it. And instead of the DIs yelling for us to, to march and step, they're yelling shift, shift. Yes. yes. Right? You're yep. in the back of your head now. Yep. Shift, change, yep. adapt, overcome. And you got to, and you got to know, like, one of the things I'm, I'm thinking, I talk to my lender, one of my lenders every morning and every afternoon, because I have no idea what buyer is going to call me in 12 minutes. So buyer calls me 1031 exchange. Well, I've already spoke to my lender and I already know there's a change at 1031 exchanges this morning or, you know, that they're measuring things differently. We just did a CMA class with appraisers. Like you have to know your business. You have to know and if you don't, then you've just, you know, set yourself up because now you've written a contract and oh, by the way, you can't do it anymore because Freddie or Fanny has changed some rules. <laughs> so, you know, talk to your vendors and I've been all of them. I say, hey, just talk to the vendor. You're in your car for 20 minutes in between something. Call them. What? Stay informed, stay educated, stay in front of the business. Yes. It's, yep. I mean, and especially with COVID, it was changing every day, every single day. Like if you went from a 580 credit score, you know, and Freddie was coming down and say, hey, we're only going to do 620 and above. Well, if your lender's on top of it, they've already called you and said, hey, these two 580s, I need them to do blah, blah, blah in the next two weeks. Yeah. So it's just learning the business and then, and then teaching that to people who aren't on my team. You know, I'll help anyone, anywhere. It doesn't matter what brokerage they're at. If I know it, I'll help. We all yeah, should you... strive to be better, right? We should yep. strive to help. And as part of like what we're doing here, right? The, the, this mm-hmm. podcast, these conversations, they're not isolated for one business, one entity, mm-hmm. one company. This is for others to hear stories and maybe we're able to move the needles a little bit better and make right. us all a little bit better because of the stories of people like you. And mm-hmm. I really, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important to get that out there. 
It is. I mean, there's just so much like everywhere we go, put your name tag on, you meet a landscaper. Well, you might need a landscaper. So help the young, we'll say young woman who's got her brand new landscaping, Dixie choppers or whatever. Help her. Say, hey, come on by the office, throw your business card in, send your feature sheet, send your price sheet. You know, help help the locals. So as we start to wrap up here today, and if there were if there was one thing that you learned along the way that you think everybody needs to know, what would that be? Um, as a business, uh, I did not do a business account when I started. I opened a checking, a savings, and a credit card in my social. So fast forward three years, I'm no longer using no longer using that card. Well, the bank shut it down 50 points on my credit. So that's the one thing I wish I had learned day one. Open a business account with your LLC and your EIN. Look, that that's poignant. Uh, when I talk to new agents <laughs> all the time, I, I tell them. Mm-hmm. And I congratulate, I see their eyes roll over their head because I'll say this exact word. Congratulations on starting and founding your first business. And they don't grasp. They don't know it. You're spot on. So thank you for bringing that back. Yeah, I'll send you. I actually have the 11 things Kathleen did wrong. Okay. Uh, And it is for brand new agents or brand new into this business. And it is LLC, EIN, this and this. Oh, get a logo, get this. And all the things it took me three years to get. And then correct, because I did it wrong out the gate. And once, you know, you got two months before your license hits. Yeah. Get all this stuff straight. Because once your contract's coming in, you forgot all about that bank account. Yeah. No, I, look, let, <laughs> share with us and then we'll share it with the audience. Yep, absolutely. With, uh, with everything. So that's awesome. So with that being said, my name is Dave Donaldson. And this is Kathleen McCone. Our, our, I look forward to having you on again. Maybe yep, call me whenever. Where you are. And I can't thank you enough for joining us. Thank you for your Awesome. Thank you. Bye, everybody. We'll see you all soon.